Big Podcast. It's Build a Big Podcast. David Hooper with you. This is the marketing podcast for podcasters. That's what I talk about. Growing your audience, making people care about your message, creating a podcast that makes you money. This is not a tech podcast, unless that tech is going to help you do one of those things. Bigpodcast.com is the site. If you want to grow your audience, that's the place to go. This episode is the audio edition of my weekly newsletter. That is called Big Podcast Insider. It goes out every Friday morning, New York time. And if you want that delivered to your email box, it is free. It is available at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. That's also where you can find all the links to everything that I talk about. On this episode, never shop for food when you're hungry. Lifting up young podcasters. Reality television. Is it good for your podcasting career? I can't tell you how many people I know that have done reality television. One of them, a guy I knew from radio, he's a celebrity now. It works for him. Will it work for you? We're going to talk about it. Seven mistakes podcasters make. Also, how long marketing takes, including podcast advertising. Hey, speaking of podcast advertising, let's get to an ad. <laughs> let's be honest about it, man. This episode brought to you by Riverside.fm. You're going to want to listen to this. This is interesting. My wife, she's a commercial photographer and she does ads for makeup companies, jewelry companies. Thank you for looking through Vogue, looking at a makeup ad. It's that kind of stuff, what they call beauté photography. So obviously, somebody in that kind of business has a great camera, right? And she does, a few of them. She's got some very expensive cameras, very expensive lenses. But let me tell you something about cameras. The phone that you have, if you have a relatively new iPhone, has an amazing camera on it. It is arguably better than the ones that my wife uses to make these advertisements. You're a podcaster. We obviously do audio. That's a given. A lot of podcasters are doing video. How can you make something that is not just a talking head looking into a Zoom screen at some other guy on the other side of the screen that we see on YouTube? Riverside.fm has a really cool feature for this. It's great not only for your podcast, but also any kind of social media that you're doing, anything where you're going to need video. And what you can do with Riverside is take that talking head style screenshot, but also as you're recording that, and as you're recording the great sounding audio that Riverside.fm is known for, you can sync up your iPhone, which again has a great camera, better than these professional cameras that a lot of professional photographers are using. You can get a second angle, your guest get a second angle, maybe a third angle. I don't know. How many iPhones do you have? You can get as many angles for as many iPhones as you have. And you can make a pro level, two camera, three camera, four camera shot, all mixed flawlessly with Riverside.fm. It's cheaper than you think. In fact, you can try it for free. If you're doing a video podcast, absolutely try it. If you're doing an audio podcast, you want to add video to your social media, you're going to get something out of it as well. You can go to Riverside.fm. You can try it for free. They're going to give you enough time to do a couple of interviews. If you decide to stick around, you want to pay for it, become a member. I've got a discount code for you. It's going to get you 15% off. It's going to save you a lot of money. The URL to try it free is riverside.fm. The code to get that 15% off, big podcast, one word, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, big podcast. That's riverside.fm, the code, big podcast, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. As I mentioned, this is the audio version of my weekly newsletter that's available at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. I run this thing like an old school audiobook, the kind you used to read when you were a kid. You're reading along with the text. You've got the audio portion on a cassette, maybe a record if you're as old as me. And when it's time to turn the page, you hear a sound like this. That's how you know that I'm moving into the next article. So let's get to it. Never shop for food 
when you're hungry. You know this rule, right? Never go to the grocery when you're hungry. It also needs to be mentioned here that there's a similar rule for podcasters, and that is never partner with somebody when you're desperate. And that means never take on a guest just because you need one. This happens all the time with podcasters that don't plan ahead and don't have the skills to do a monologue podcast. You need to plan ahead. You need to have the skills to do a monologue podcast if you get in this situation. It also means never take on an advertiser because you're desperate for money. In fact, never do anything because you're desperate for money. That's how people sell themselves short. That's how you end up working for a lot less than you're worth. Third thing, never bring in a co-host because you're afraid of doing a solo podcast. This is very similar to bringing in a guest just because you need one. Being afraid of doing a solo podcast covers two out of three of these. I want to give you options. So let's talk about what a couple of those will look like for you. If you're looking at anything to do with your podcasting and you're thinking, this is the only way available to me, that's something for you to look at. What I want you to do is give yourself choices in case the only way disappears. For example, there's only one place to get your podcast. Mm -mm, We need to change that. We need to make it so your podcast is available multiple places. And let me be clear here. I'm not talking about censorship or cancel culture or anything like this. I'm not going to get into that. But I will say this. If you're on Apple or on Google or on Amazon, sometimes things will happen to a database. Sometimes things will happen to a server. For whatever reason, you can't distribute your podcast. Having only one method of distribution is always, always risky. I did an exclusive deal with a record label that I was working with. One method of distribution I had a hit album on my hands. I mean, a big hit for me. (laughs) It's pretty good money. It was consistent. It was building momentum. These guys decided to bail on it. Hey, sorry, we can't distribute your album anymore. That decision, which was probably a low-level guy, I didn't really think it through. At least $150,000 for me. And in fairness, that's an estimate. You'll sometimes hear people say, well, that idea is worth a million dollars. Well, we don't know that it's a million dollars or not until you actually put it in action. But this is an album that was making good money, good money, a good solid five figures a year. I figured it had three more years on it, could have had 10 years on it, could have been something that lasts me a lifetime. Anyway, I'm counting the loss at about $150,000, still a substantial amount of money. And that's the risk you take when you've got one method of anything and that goes away. For me, the solution to that would have been to have another point of distribution that could have gotten this album in the same place. You probably have a similar issue. Most problems can be solved with some kind of backup. And most backups can be generated with money. Let me give you an example. If I go on a remote session, if I need to get a remote interview on tape, I show up with a recorder, I show up with a cable, I show up with a microphone. What happens if the mic flakes? Got a backup mic, cable flakes, backup cable, recorder flakes, backup recorder. It's an easy situation, a backup mic, a backup cable, about $100, your recorder, maybe a little bit more. Maybe you just go into an iPhone. That could be your backup. You wouldn't want your first string recording on it. You're not going to rely on it for the main thing, but it's not a bad backup. If something fails, you've still got something on tape. Those are the first kind of problems that you've got. They can be solved via money. The second big group of podcasting problems that we've got are those that we can solve by personally working on something. For example, getting better at delivering monologues. Getting better at delivering monologue style content is one of the best things that you can do for your podcast. You don't have to have a co-host. You don't have to have a guest when you're able to deliver monologue style content. Again, I wanna give you options. That's the point. The more choices you have for yourself and your podcast, and most of them, just a little bit of time or money, that can give you a lot of options.
Consider that as you listen to this episode. If you had $100 to spend to make sure that your podcast gets out, where would you spend that money? Let's talk about lifting up young podcasters. It's easy to skip over new podcasts, especially from younger people. I think one of the best things that we can do as older, more experienced podcasters is to remember how things were when we started. And I'm talking about things like the desire to podcast, but not knowing exactly how, not being very good on the mic, messing up interviews, messing up other opportunities, being in that situation that I mentioned earlier, where you go to a remote interview and your recorder fails, or your mic fails, or your cable fails. If you've been there once, chances are you're not going to let that happen again. It is very, very painful. But remembering back to when that was an issue for you, when that could have or did derail the whole thing. A good way to keep yourself grounded and remember where you were is to review old recordings of yourself. I saw somebody on Twitter this week. He's asking about promos. How do you do promos? What's the best way to do them? I've got a lot of promos that I've done over the years on my hard drive. They're not new. So I had to go back into the vault about 15 years. <laughs> it's pretty humbling. I said, man, I'm boring. But the format is there. Send it out to him anyway. That's good for you to hear because it shows you how far you've come. It's very easy for us to think, oh, I've always been this good, or oh, this is easy, not give new podcasters a break, not give ourselves the credit for the fact that we've been working hard trying to get these podcasts out. I've been doing this for a while, so I've got thousands of episodes. I don't know, maybe 2,600 episodes? Who knows? I don't even know. I think that's what podchaser.com has tracked. This podcast alone, over 500 episodes. And listening to those old recordings is very helpful for you to go back to a time when you were a younger podcaster, a newer podcaster, and remember, oh, I wasn't always this good. So let's be good about lifting up young podcasters, being encouraging to them. When you're on Facebook, don't be one of those guys when somebody talks about getting a Blue Yeti and you're like, Blue Yeti sucks. Oh, why didn't you get the mic that I like? Look, people are where they are. The best mic that you can have is the one that you're going to use. Somebody's got a Blue Yeti. I mean, I get it. It's not the best mic in the world, but somebody's in there. We all start somewhere. Let's lift those guys up. Hey, by the way, if you know an upcoming podcaster who needs encouragement, reach out to me on Twitter at David Hooper. Let me know about it. I'm always into checking out what people are doing. And this really goes for any podcaster. If you've got a question about podcasting, Twitter, man, reach out to me at David Hooper. Ask it. Happy to answer it for you. (laughs) Reality television. Is it good for your podcasting career? Harry Jowsey. It's got 4.8 million organic followers on TikTok. Instagram, 4 million. He's got five tips for how to grow your audience online. First one, be consistent. This is the same thing you do to get better as a podcaster. Being consistent, showing up daily, showing up weekly. How often you need to show up to keep improving your skills so you've got something that people want to listen to. Second thing, monitor your analytics for insight on your content and adjust. This isn't bad. My thought on it is that sometimes people live and die by the analytics. They live and die by Google searches, what people are searching for. I think if you're going to be a leader in podcasting or anywhere else, you're trying to spread a message, do something that gets respect, do something that people want to follow. I don't think you can just be a follower. I think you have to be a leader. So I would say chart your path, speak to your strengths. But related to this, one of the things that I think you need to do is I think you need to be connected to the audience that you are talking to. You heard me on the last segment. I said, if you need help with podcasting, reach out to me at David Hooper on Twitter. I'm connected like that. I'm listening to people who come to me and say, I need help with this and that, whatever people need help with, that's what goes in these newsletters. That's what goes on this podcast. So monitor your analytics for insight on your content and adjust. I would say in addition to that, 
talk to people that you want to listen to your podcast for insight and adjust based on that. Third thing, collaborate with other content creators. One of the things that you see on TikTok, Instagram, Spotify, you see this happen a lot in rap music. Snoop Dogg featuring blank or blank featuring Snoop Dogg. The reason they do that is because somebody already has an established audience and the partner on that team wants a part of that established audience. That's why you see a lot of social media collaborations. People want to share an audience. But the other thing that you can do, it's a synergy there. If I go in the room with somebody else or you go in the room with somebody else, Napoleon Hill talks about the mastermind principle, that there is something there, some kind of invisible force that gets created when the two of you or the three of you or however many come together, something that wasn't there before when it was you as individuals. So consider that, collaborate with other content creators to come up with this content in addition to the shared audience that you've got. Fourth thing, look at yourself as a brand. Speaking of music, this is something that Kiss talks about. Gene Simmons from Kiss. He said, we're a band, but we're also a brand. And this is something you see with established acts like Kiss, where they are selling more t-shirts, more caskets, more coolers, more cruises, more whatever with their logo on it, than they're actually selling music. You can have that same thing. Harry Jowsey, he's not getting paid from social media. Social media helps him to do these other things that he gets paid for. When you've got an audience, the world opens up to you. Fifth thing, focus on posting exciting content that engages your audience. This gets back to that two-way conversation. People want to be part of something. They want to be excited about it. And again, you're a leader. So it's up for you to plant that flag, blaze that trail. When you're excited, you get your audience excited. Talked about Dave Jackson on here. You know Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. Dave, what's that URL for my site? Newsletter.bigpodcast.com. <laughs> That's a clip from Ask the Podcast Coach, one of Dave's podcasts. And I mentioned him because he's into podcasting because you probably know him. Dave's one of those guys that I can call late on a Friday night, 10 p.m., 11 p.m. Friday night. Dave, let's talk about podcasting. He'd be like, hell yeah, let's talk about podcasting. He's excited about it. He brings that excitement to his podcast. That's exciting to listen to. Are you excited about your topic? Are you excited about the audience that you're talking to? If you're not, maybe it's time for you to switch what you're doing. Switch the topic, switch the audience. Life is too short and podcasting is too much work for you to not be excited about what you're podcasting about. Here's an interesting quote from Harry. He says this, I always try to do giveaways and focus on giving back to those who have really helped build my career. On newsletter.bigpodcast.com, I've got a link for a tool. This is going to help you do giveaways and they're not bad. If you're looking to build a mailing list, build your social media platform, this is a tool that will help you do this. You gotta have a few things to give away, but not much. I've got the new book coming out soon. One of the things you're going to see from me is more giveaways. And it's very easy to put these things together. It's not going to cost you much. The software, about 50 bucks. And whatever you're giving away, that doesn't have to be much either. A few books maybe. What's that going to run you? Another 50 bucks, 100 bucks. So with the software, something that you're giving away, not much money to grow your audience in potentially a very big way. If Harry Jowsey, who's got 4.8 million followers on TikTok and 4 million followers on Instagram, if he does a giveaway, how many people are going to that giveaway, spreading the news about that giveaway to more people who don't have any idea who he is? Small hinges, big doors. But even if you've got a small audience, 100 people, 500 people, you can still see big results from doing a giveaway. So consider that, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. I've got that tool listed. Let's talk about what Harry did not mention. And what he didn't mention, and this is the topic of this segment, reality television. 
is it good for your podcasting career? He was on a Netflix show. It's called Too Hot to Handle. (laughs) They were promoting this big time. And I saw the preview. I think they put people on an island or something. Everybody's a model, super hot, fun to look at. When you've got an opportunity like that, when you can be everywhere, and I mean everywhere like Netflix putting you on the front page of Netflix and Amazon putting you on the front page of Amazon and Apple putting you on the front page of Apple or network television, giving you 30 minutes, 60 minutes, however long they're going to give you every week to showcase your personality, your brand, whatever you've got. That can be huge for your social media. I know three bachelors. (laughs) One of them's doing pretty well. I'm going to talk about him in a second. I know two people who are on Shark Tank. I know somebody on one of those wife swap shows, another similar couples reality show. And because of my work in music, a couple of dozen others from various idol style knockoffs. I know a survivor, reality dating shows, real world. Anyway, I've got a lot to say on the topic. Does it help you? Let's talk about that. Wells Adams is one of the most successful bachelors that I'm aware of. This is a guy that I used to be at the same station with, WRLT in Nashville. That's our flagship station for Music Business Radio. Wells, at the time, was doing the morning show. For whatever reason, The Bachelor, they were hanging out in Nashville. Like I said, I know three bachelors, all three of them from Nashville. Wells got a gig on The Bachelor. Okay, cool. I'm just going to assume it's been like most of these guys that I know from reality television. You go on it. You got your time. Everybody cares about you then nobody does. Most of the time, it ends just as quickly as it begins. But Wells, keep in mind, to radio hosts. He's got very similar skills to you as a podcast host. He's great on the mic. He's quick-witted. Doesn't hurt that he's good-looking. And he went on The Bachelor and he played the part. Then he went back and he's on Bachelor in Paradise or he's the host of The Bachelor or I don't know. I don't know. Long story short, he's in Nashville. He's doing radio. And he moved to Los Angeles. He took advantage of the moment. He had the skills. He's working for iHeart. He's married to one of the stars of Modern Family. If you've got the media skills, you're aware of editing, how you could be edited. You're able to deliver content, get in and out quickly, be fun, be personable. Reality television might work for you. Some people become very famous because of reality television. And these opportunities, honestly, they're pretty easy to come by. Like I said, I know dozens of people who have done these shows. If you've got any kind of talent, They're up for you. Maybe not The Bachelor, but they're B, C, D-list reality shows that would love to have you on them. Here's the final thing I'm going to say. I've worked on these shows before. It is not what it appears from the outside, but it can work for you. My advice for you, if you're a gambler, because there is an if, (laughs) go into it with your eyes open. Seven Mistakes Podcasters Make. There's an article, it's really seven mistakes creators make, but all of these things apply to you as a podcaster. I'm going to list them for you here, give a few comments. Number one is pre-selling a product. Two, undercharging. Three, building for the masses. This is one of the reasons that we niche down. We're not like The Bachelor. We can't just blast everything out. Even with big broadcast networks blasting everything out like The Bachelor though, that's still not for everybody. So don't build it for the masses, build it for a specific audience. Four, Selling without an audience. Build the audience, build that connection, then sell them something. See these podcasters, episode one, right at the beginning before they delivered anything. Hey, join my Patreon. You want to donate? Get my Patreon. Go fund me, Cash App. Mm-mm. No, no. Don't sell without an audience. And once you do have that audience, give them value first. Four, 
Assume audience equals customers. A lot of times what I see with podcasters, definitely social media people, they think, oh, I've got a lot of followers. 4.8 million people on TikTok follow me or 4 million people on Instagram follow me. Yeah, that's great. That's a big audience, but they're not all customers. This is another reason to niche down. There's some hyper-responsive audiences that are more likely to be customers. They're more likely to trust you. They're more likely to buy from you because you've got something they really want. And here, Jowsey's probably one of these people. He's a good-looking guy. He's on reality television, too hot to handle. There are a lot of people, they don't care what he's selling. They just want to look at him. If you've got an outrageous podcast, maybe you're going to run into that. Even if you don't, not everybody's going to buy from you. I reach a pretty good amount of people with my newsletter, this podcast, the other work that I do online, but I work with very few people. It's not necessarily because people are interested at all, but they're not interested enough to pay me. You cannot assume that everybody that you're reaching is going to buy from you. Sixth thing, quitting your full-time job too soon. I quit my last full-time job when I was uh, 25. So I'm 50 years old now. I actually had 26 jobs. And I think I was fired from all but two of them. (laughs) Not a good employee. But in my working career, I've spent roughly, I don't know, 95% of it being self-employed. I don't think I'd be able to quit my job in the way that I did now like I did when I was 20. At the same time, quitting your full-time job too soon. I don't know, man. It just depends if you're a gambler. You're going on that reality television, you're going to gamble like that? Well, you might want to gamble with quitting your job. Look, you can always go find another job. If you want to quit your job, sooner or later, you're going to have to take that plunge. When is too soon? I don't know. I will tell you this. This is one mistake that I see a lot of people do. And these are the guys that wait a while. They save up, save up, save up, save up. They've got maybe two years worth of income, let's say. And they get comfortable. They quit. They're so exhausted from saving that income up. And they're like, what now? And they're pretending to have a job, either living on borrowed money or saved money. And you see them burning through that nest egg, spending too much money on a website, spending too much money on equipment or conferences or training. You've got to have an offer. You've got to know what you're going to do. You've got to have a system of getting that offer to people. That you definitely need. You want some kind of income coming in. Is it going to take you a while to figure that system out? Yeah, that's what the nest egg is for. But you don't want to start at day zero thinking, well, you know, I don't know. I figure it's going to work out. I got a couple years of money. We'll figure it out by then. Mm-mm. Try to have the big part, the deal, how you're actually going to make money figured out. And then the little things of actually how it works the finesse of sales or client acquisition or whatever. Figure that part out along the way. That's what I'm talking about. For the big stuff, you want to have kind of an idea of where you're going to head. It might be wrong. It very well could be wrong, but at least try. Don't sit around going to conferences and just hope that the magic money fairy, like some kind of deal on Netflix or something is just automatically going to show up. Mm -mm, Don't do that. It might work. It has worked. But more than likely, it's you having an offer, giving that offer out to people, figure out what you're going to do beyond just being you. Self-employment is not like working a job. You can't just show up and expect money to come in. You actually have to do the work. That wrench has to be turning. That is the biggest difference between that and working a job. You can't call in sick. You're paying for your own benefits. It's a completely different world. Now, is there such thing as passive income? Yeah. 
I talk about this on my daily podcast all the time. I've got passive income coming in from 15 years ago. That $150,000 deal that I talked about, that kind of stuff still comes in for me all the time. Is it $150,000? No, not all at once. Five, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, a few hundred bucks. Sometimes you can get something set up like that, but it's not just random. It takes a while to figure it out. And building an audience, that takes a while to figure out. You're not gonna get advertisers from day one, not unless you're a celebrity. You gotta build that audience, then bring the advertisers in. I'm gonna give you the list one more time, then I'm gonna talk about one of these things specifically and finish up with that. These are seven mistakes podcasters make. One, pre-selling a product. Two, undercharging. Three, building for the masses. Four, selling without an audience. Five, assuming your audience equals customers. Six, quitting your full-time job too soon. Seven, limiting yourself to a business model. Let's talk about seven, limiting yourself to a business model. How it starts is not how it finishes. Much like a book, much like your podcast, much like the relationship that you're in. How you think it's gonna go, not how it's gonna go. All right, let's talk about pre-selling the product because this is a situation that I'm in right now. And this is something that I should have known better. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. But here I am. I've got a new book that's coming out. It's supposed to be out in about a month. It's available for pre-order on Amazon right now. I've written maybe a dozen books, produced 300 audiobooks. I'm pretty well aware of what it takes to get a book out. So I did a couple of pre-orders about six months ago. One of them for the 101 podcast episode templates. That's available on Amazon right now. 99 cents on Kindle, by the way. If you want 101 podcast episode templates, that one was successful. The other one, which like I said, is supposed to be out in about a month. That's a podcast launch planner. And I had the thing sketched out. I thought I knew what it was going to be, but I got into it and I thought, ooh, man, this could be so much more. There are a lot of launch planners for podcasting on Amazon. Most of them, not any good. The ones that I've seen, not any good. And based on launching dozens of podcasts, like I said, a couple thousand episodes, at least on my own, doing radio, narrative, nonfiction, interview shows, I've done it all. Based on that, I thought I can do this better. And I thought I could do it quickly. It's not as quick as I thought it was going to be. So I'm a little bit of a predicament. I've got these pre-orders coming in. People are ordering it. You can still order it. <laughs> if it doesn't come through, you're not going to be charged. And that's where people get in trouble. Where people take money without being able to deliver. Because like building a house or like building anything, something like a book, a podcast, these big projects, it's going to take at least as long as you thought, maybe 10% overage, 50% overage. And I'm talking about time, money, and effort. I love the idea of a pre-sale. I love the idea of building a buzz around a project. But if you're going to do one, you've got to make sure that you can deliver. Even a situation like mine where somebody's on Amazon, they're not being charged. The book simply won't be delivered on time. That's a risk that you take. Some people can be pretty frustrated when a project is delayed. Why? Because they care. Anyway, more information about this, additional details, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. How long does marketing take? How long does podcast advertising take? If you're selling podcast advertising, you need to communicate two things to the buyer, the person advertising on your podcast. One, why it takes time for prospects to buy. Two, how you're tracking early indicators to ensure the strategy is working. I've got more information about this at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Regarding ads in your podcast, let me add a couple more things. 
Many advertisers are going to come to you. They're going to want to try you out. That means they want to buy a single ad on a single episode. Do not do this. There's no magic bullet in podcast advertising. And a single ad, that's not going to do a thing for you. If you've listened to this podcast for the last few months, you heard me talk about Riverside.fm. Have you been to Riverside.fm yet? Probably not. Most people are not going there. Have you used the code BIGPODCAST, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T? Probably not. Even fewer people are actually using that code. It takes a while. Every ad that you hear me run for Riverside, I'm talking about a different thing. On this episode, I talked about the videos. On the last episode, I talked about quality of recording. I'm trying to hit you in a way that makes you want to go to Riverside.fm and use the code B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, big podcast. I've got to hit you at the right time. I've got to hit you with the right message. You're thinking, oh man, I've been thinking about doing a double camera shoot. Maybe Riverside.fm is for me. There's no one size fits all advertising. And hearing an ad one time when I've got a new episode coming out in a few days and a week, that's not good enough. So don't mess around with advertisers who want to do that. They're not going to get anything out of it. And you, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to build the same way. You're going to have to get the talking points, learn the talking points, learn about the product. You're likely going to do a pre-ad call, maybe a post-ad call, invoices. Might as well do 15 or 20 ads. Actually, let me tell you what the sweet spot is. Depending on how often your podcast is released, and I'm saying, you know, something like this, maybe an episode or two a week, this is my suggestion for the sweet spot. Six to 15 episodes. That's enough for most of your audience to hear different elements of the ads. Like I said, talking about video for Riverside.fm or talking about the quality of recording for Riverside.fm. Two different things, two different audiences, two different ways of getting you to Riverside.fm. You're going to want to do something similar. One of the worst things you can do, by the way, record the ad once and press play. Even if it sounds like it's a live read because people can hear that it's different. You know me and how I say certain things. Newsletter.bigpodcast.com. But it's a whole lot different for me to say the same thing with the same voicing, the same inflection. Newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Then it is for me to play a recording of the exact same inflection, the exact same frequencies, the exact same note for note for note for note for note. You know, you've heard it before. And that's what people do when they do ads that they just press play on. It's like, oh, I just heard it. Heard that same story. No, don't do that. If you're going to do a live read, do a live read. Post-read ads should be different every single time. Just a little bit different. It might sound the same. Newsletter.bigpodcast.com. But it's different enough to get the attention of your audience. This is where the money is made. This is why there are some podcasters who do well and some podcasters who are struggling. It's little bitty things like this. You try to take those shortcuts thinking you're being efficient. Mm -mm. No, you're not being efficient. You're shooting yourself in the foot. People don't pay attention on something like that. Same with your podcast intro. You need to do the podcast intro live every single time, even if you're reading the same script, because it's just a little bit different and it keeps your listeners engaged. That's what makes you interesting. Nobody wants to hear the tape. You got a tape on this show that you played on the last show. Why are they not going to go back and listen to the last show? They might as well. It's the same tape. No joke. This is where the money is made. This separates the good podcasters from the great podcasters, the broke podcasters from the guys that are making money. Consider it newsletter.bigpodcast.com. That's the website. That's where all the links are. That's where more information is. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you want to hear these different Riverside.fm ads, 
how I do that. You want to learn different ways of how you can make money with your podcast, get more people to your podcast, grow an audience that loves you, respects you, wants to emulate you, and help that audience. This is how to do it. It's bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. I've got three links there. This is something else you've heard me say. You already know them. iPhone, boom. One click, you're subscribed on your iPhone. Android, boom. One click, you're subscribed on an Android device. I've got an RSS feed, so if you're old school, I'm going to get you hooked up on any podcast player that you want. And I've got a QR code. Pull out your phone, scan it. It's going to get you build a big podcast on your mobile device. It's all at bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. Go there right now before you forget. It's all at bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. Pull out your web browser. Go there before you forget. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. And I'll see you on the next episode of Build a Big Podcast.